What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Lure Lab on the Serious Angler Network. I am your host, Andrew Full, aka the Captain, and joined with me again this week is Bailey Agret and Adam Deacon of the Serious Angler Network and the business from the Bass Boat. What's going on, gents? Oh, she's going. I'm excited for today's episode because there's probably arguably one of the best bites in fishing. Especially when a giant smallmouth smokes what we're going to talk about. So, (laughs) oh man. So to dive right in, right? We're talking top water walking baits. And this is one of the most exciting bites of the year, especially as we are right now, right? We're in October. So October can be one of the best months of the year to throw a walking bait. So let's dive right in. What are your guys' favorite walking baits to throw when you see fish coming up, schooling, busting on bait, or you're just trying to cover some water? Let's dive right in. Take it away, Deacon. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go. Um, we talked a little off air. Andy and I have have a favorite one together. But without that one, I'm going to say your traditional saltwater super spook is a light getter. And uh, I love a knocker in a topwater. I'm a bone guy for the most part when it comes to color. And that is going to be a fantastic choice, a relatively inexpensive choice. I always change out my hooks, especially when it comes to head and baits. Um, another one, especially when you get around big gizzard shad, we're talking Texas. Um, when you're down south around big baits, that strike, this is a Strike King mega dog. That's a Fantastic big dog. Bait. Yeah, that thing is huge. I'm throwing that on a big, big rod compared to my normal yeah. spook rod. But anyways, um, get some great bites when they're chasing big, big fish. And uh, they obviously make smaller versions of that. Those are going to be my two uh, that we're going to talk about today. I was like a dang ballpark hot dog with terrible hooks on it. <laughs> I'm like, where's the sailings? Like, let's go. Let's yeah. feed those big largemouths and giant dogs. And just I want to talk about a bird time. getter. Birds love watching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, seagulls. Just side tangent real quick. And we're not supposed to do this, right? Like when a seagull dives on a topwater bait, what is your favorite phrase to say on the boat? I just start uh, yelling. I can't say I can't say the words that I say on the show. Like I, I, I just start freaking out. I think there's like turn to the front and be like, what are you doing? I'm like, ah, like I'm like waving my arms, like I'm like I just want to deal with that mess. Yeah, I, I think that's always an important topic to talk about is uh catching birds with topwater baits because no matter where you are, that one seagull that's within like a 25 mile radius is going to dive bomb your walking bait, no matter what time of year it is. But Bailey, what are yours? Yeah, so kind of going from the giant, you know, Lee Livesey catching 42 pounds on it, top waters. Uh, I'm going on the, the smaller echelon, and that is a Berkeley Drift Walker right here. It's a little bit skinnier vertically, but also from a horizontal standpoint, it's just a Ooh, very smaller. It's like a pencil. It's, yeah. yeah, it's very slender profile, uh, and it walks extremely tight. You can almost make this one walk in place, uh, but it's one especially that they don't see it much. They don't see that smaller walking style bait, especially when that doesn't spit. It's kind of more finessey. Um, we'll dig in a little bit, in the, uh, a little bit more in a second. Then also one that a lot of people like, and one that I'm a big fan of is the Lucky Craft Sammy. One that has a little lip to it on the front that can spit a little bit, kind of more erratic, but I, you can see the shape of it. It's a little bit taller than that. Uh, is that the 110 or the 118 size Sammy? The 110, so it's the smaller yeah. one. And that curves back, so it makes it sit kind of like that in the water. So kind of a different action, very front, you know, 
front facing, the tail sitting in the water kind of almost lets you get a little bit more hooks in those fish too when they yeah. do eat it. Little Sammy fact real fast. And if nobody's ever thrown a Sammy, when that thing pauses, it literally will sit like straight up and the, the head of the bait will be like a half inch out of the water and you can just see it. Some of the coolest strikes you will ever get topwater fishing is when that Sammy is resting for like 30 seconds, just bobbing like a dog. Like a bluey yeah. right on top besides, of the water. <laughs> you know, besides the fish T-boning it, it's a great for hookup yeah. ratio. Especially when they're being weird with it because you can walk it slow. And if you can get that thing to twitch and turn around and sit low and look back yeah. at the fish, I mean, that's they all three hooks right there. Implode on it. Yeah. So very similar line. Um, the first one I'm going to start off with is on that Lucky Craft line. This one is in Skeet's Magic. When I'm throwing a walking bait, if it is clear on top, the belly has to be chartreuse because I want something that's screaming to the fish in ultra clear water. This is the Lucky Craft Gunfish in the 128 size. It's very loud. Uh, it has two, three weights in the back. They rattle and then another one up here in the front and some glass BBs in the head. A very noisy, quick walking, popping style top water it doesn't rest like this but it will rest at a solid 45 when it's in the water you know get a lot of bites my all-time though absolute favorite walking bait is this is the tackle kick knocker but if you can get your hands on a reaction innovation vixen it is the hands down the best walking bait ever made in my opinion especially if you can get the ro the reaction innovation vixens from like the early 2000s that go for like 200 to $300 on eBay. There's something about the plastic in that bait that runs incredibly true every time. And it's so noisy. It gets so many bites. It's just okay. hard to justify $300 for not a swim mate. Right. And we might have to put a uh, precursor on these shows going forward for folks that are listening to the lure lab. Uh, we might need to put like, Hey, this is a hard bait episode. Turn the volume down on your headphones. We're going to be shaking some rattles. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> There's a baby loose. <laughs> no, I, um, and I mean, that's one thing that's important though, when it comes to top water baits is how loud or how silent they are, because each one of them is going to work in a different set of conditions. Personally, river, smallmouth. Kind of overcast days where you get that very little riffle on the water to like you actually have a solid chop. I want something that is extremely loud and that is going to call those fish. If it's slick, calm, you can go two ways. You can go extremely loud and see how they react, or you want something that's silent that's just gliding over top of the water. And both have a very important place in a tackle box. It's just learning when to throw, when and where. Yeah, I think more wind, louder you yeah. go. Yeah, bigger too. I think uh, it's incredible to me, especially up where you guys live. Um, I'm impressed with how smallmouth can see a top water in like two footers, and it's like you can't see it at all. And the next thing you know, it's gone, and you're like, "Oh my gosh!" There's one. <laughs> you, you hear it, and then you feel it. <laughs> it's crazy, man. So, Deacon, super spook. Let's dive right into upgrades, right? Like we all know those saltwater hooks that come on that head and spook. <sighs> are absolute bad (laughs) so what are you switching to yeah you know um i am not all that much of a treble hook snob that's not true i'm not specific on my treble hook treble hook snobbiness when it comes to hook brands per se i'm gonna i want a stout hook that is smooth 
and um, a couple of great hooks. Owner, owner makes a great treble. I think the thirty-six. Those look like ST thirty-six round bends. Yeah, that's what those are. Great choice. Um, I don't care all that much about the split rings as long as they're okay and they're in okay shape. I'm not someone who's going to go change that out. I like kind of how big these ones are. Actually, kind of gives those hooks even more um, play. So I'm not the biggest uh, proponent when it comes to changing split rings. If it's if it's working fine, I'm not going to change it. Owner hooks. Um, I think the Berkeley makes a great treble hook. And then my third option is the are the um, Itcha Ichikawa. Ichikawa. Ichikawa's man. Those are a fantastic additional hook. Um, I want something pretty stout on a on a top water, especially of this size. I want to uh, stick that fish and um, get him to the boat. So I'm going to go with a pretty heavy hook just to match the bait, right? Whatever it's kind of coming with, I try and stay pretty close to that. But those size fours are tubes. So our listeners know. I am not 100% sure on that, Andy. They are the same size as what comes on the Super Spook. So whatever that was. It's either, four. it's either four or two. I know those saltwater Super Spooks have some ginormous trebles on them. And um, I have them. I've yet to change them out. And I have all sizes of treble hooks in my basement. So it's one of those things I have to get to. <laughs> so, yeah. How about you, Bailey? Yeah, I mean, I'm Deacon nailed it on swapping out treble hooks. Like... I think if you're fun fishing, it's not a huge deal unless they're heading because heading just makes god awful stock hooks. <laughs> um, but I mean, uh, Ichikawa's are one that I am becoming more and more of a fan of in terms of replacement hooks for a lot of things, not just topwater. Uh, but one thing I think to add on that that I do from a split ring standpoint is extra, you know, double split ring the back hook, especially Uh-oh. when you get some fish mm. that that get only the back hook. And sometimes what I'll do too is if like they're being really kind of weird with it and I can't dial in a color and they keep getting like the back two or just the back hook, I'll make the back hook. Like if I have all size fours in the front, I'll put a size two on the back. So the, the back one's even bigger. That way they can get a little bit more into it. Um, that might do some modifications, especially if you're losing fish that uh, you can try. Yeah. I like it. So are you a round bend hook guy or do you like that triple grip KVD wide flared hook? Round bend all the way. Yeah. There's one on a <laughs> Round six. bend all the time. Yeah, see, there's there's uh, not the biggest fan of those hooks. Yeah, I I personally on top water, I'm it has to be round bed one hundred percent of the time, just but, because with that triple grip, I find when they grab the bait, if they slash at it and they get hooked on the outside of the face, they're fine. But if they actually get it in their mouth, I feel like when they're coming down, that round bend doesn't hook them right, and it pulls out a lot of the time. Not the round bend, the triple grip. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, I'm Which one that I work, uh, regardless of the top water, I am working it until I feel tension. You know, like a popper or something is different. But like when you're actively working a top water, either straight reeling or walking it, I am always working it until I feel tension. Because there's so many times where you think the fish got it and you go to you go to reel or, or sweep or whichever and they're not there. And that's where I think the round bends come into play. Because once you feel tension, that's when you have your straight line, you sweep, yeah. and then that's all you need to do. You don't need to the do anything. Pegged. Yep. So one modification I do, um, and every, not every bait, but a lot of baits will come with them or won't come with them. And that is a split ring on the nose of the bait. So like gunfish come stuck, vixens come without one. And this is important as we're diving into setups without on the tackle kick knocker or a vixen, if it doesn't have a split ring, I will throw with mono. If I add a split ring onto it, that means I am throwing it on braid. I'm fishing it 
around grass so I can cut through grass. If I'm open water, nothing around over top of rock, I like mono just because big smallmouth, I want to be able to have a little bit of forgiveness on their face. But the split ring helps with braid because what it does on the Tekel kick knocker or Vixen, this, this hook is so close to the line tie that when you're walking the bait, the braid will actually catch one of these hook points as it's swaying at the first couple swings of that rod tip that you want that split ring. It always has to be a circle, not an oval. You always go to like a size six or a five, I believe it is, is what I have on the one that I have in the boat that's tied on braid currently. And that just helps bring the braid out away from that front hook so it doesn't get tangled as you're kicking the bait back and forth and walking it across the top of the water. So that's my major modification besides changing out every single treble hook on these baits to SC36s. So they're the best treble hooks I've found for moving baits, period. I like it. Yeah. yeah. All right, setups, because everyone's going to have a different answer here. So uh, who wants to go first? Take it away, Deegan. All right, so I am generally going to go a pretty, I go a pretty light rod in these situations, kind of a moderate action rod. Um, and I like seven foot or less most of the time. Um, just to, I'm generally working that rod tip down towards the water, and I don't want too much in the water uh, as I'm doing stuff. That being said, when I get up to the mega dog style, those those big baits, I generally will go reach for more like a seven three. I don't think there's anything wrong with going bigger, just kind of what I'm used to on my 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 top water setup. I'm a braid guy. Most of the time I'm gonna be in that 30, 40 pound braid, probably 40 pound most of the time. Um, and then I am a mono or a copolymer, a floating copolymer leader guy. Um, and uh whatever it is, it's gotta be floating. And the reason being mostly is what Andy was talking about getting tangled on that front hook. I, uh, a stiff mono 20 pound mono kind of a situation prevents that from happening. I will say in a lot of tournament situations, the second that I run out of that leader or I'm having to retie break something, I'm not retying the leader. I normally top water is like going, I'm just tying right back to that braid. And most of the time I'm okay. Um, but every time before a tournament starts, I'm going to have that, uh, you know, short leader. We're talking foot and a half, um, you know, pretty short leader situations. Yeah. So in that leader situation, cause I do this too, sometimes just real quick, the shorter is almost better because one, it's just a little bumper to help that bait maneuver properly, but it's also important to have it short enough. You want that bait to drop down from your rod tip normal where you cast it. Yeah. And if you have too long of a leader and that knot is getting into your guides, one, you're going to lose casting distance and two, that knot is going to continually break down. And then one of the times you're going to set the hook into a fish and it's just going to break at your knot and slip out due to the braid mono connection it's just going to happen yeah i'm a straight braid guy um i've played with the leader a little bit uh, i just haven't had a situation just yet where it's really impacted me um so i have two different top water setups for the the two baits that i described they're on your there's your smaller end for uh top water walking baits i throw like a 7-2 cranking stick with straight braid more kind of like a medium heavy moderate as as deacon touched on um relatively straightforward but then for the bigger you know bigger top water base like deacon has or like a berkeley uh jay walker i'm actually going to go to a seven five cranking stick same action but just something longer because sure. i can bomb that sucker a country mile and usually t- 
typically as it all happens for us anglers, especially in a tournament, you get bit as soon as it hits the water, you know, a hundred yards out and that longer rod's typically going to help, you know, set those treble hooks in the mouth mm-hmm. of that fish. But yeah, that's, that's it. Those two rods. I, I agree. Seven foot, six foot, 10 to seven foot, depending on combat areas, right? If I'm throwing a walking bait along bushes or along docks and I'm uptight, six foot, 10, six foot, nine, six, 11. And then if I'm making long casts, I want a seven foot. It has to be a fast action medium with a parabolic taper because it is a crank. It is a treble hook bait. Bait, I want something that's more parabolic and is going to flex when I lean into them, especially with braid. If I'm throwing it on mono, which I will do over top of sparse like grass, if there's a little strands of grass and a lot of rock flat and open water, Depending on the topwater bait I'm throwing, I will go to a mono, like a 15 or 17 pound mono. And that is just because a lot of times those are big smallmouth. And when they eat it, they're grabbing it and running away with you. So with that mono, when you sweep into them, it kind of is a little bit more forgiving than a braid. I found sometimes with smallmouth with braid, when I hit them, I'll actually straighten out hooks or bend open hooks on them because they're grabbing it and pulling away so fast. Too much time in the gym. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the, when you have big, powerful smallmouth and two mile an hour current eating a topwater bait, they're going to bend out hooks on braid. It just happens. <laughs> I so, will also say I like an eight one to one. Yeah, me too. I like really faster fast. is better. Interesting. Interesting. Faster is better. Especially when you're talking brownfish, because typically yeah. when they eat a topwater, they come flying at you and jumping yeah. as many times and you just yeah. want to crank and reel. Yeah. Yep. And I think the trick there is just to be cognizant of your walk on if you're trying to slow down or that kind of thing. And that changes. Uh, Always on slack line. Always have to have slack line. Always popping that thing on slack line. Uh, And I know we're not supposed to go really on tangents on this, but um, one thing I would do want to preface with this show on everything that we're talking about when it comes to techniques. um, My advice would be to be a student and and listen to kind of just other people's thoughts on your setup and then dial in what works for you because i have changed this over the years so many times i've gone from mono to braid to litter and i'm changing all the time and then i get on something like well this rod it works great and then i don't change so um, and it's funny that you say that too because it can be dependent on bait too right like one walking bait will walk way better on mono and another one will work better on fluorocarbon so there's no perfect answer for anybody except for to go out and do it yourself and find out what you like best yeah we'll, we'll probably do the show again in a year and we'll be our answers will be all different oh it's hilarious <laughs> That's fishing. We're forever learning. The day we all stop learning about fishing is the day we should all quit because we apparently know it all at that point. And we're probably finishing 110th in every tournament. So we should probably get out of the game. But anyways, uh, let's wrap this up. And I want to say thank you to everyone for tuning in to episode two of the Lure Lab here on the Serious Angler Network. And as always, if you guys are watching on YouTube, Please make sure you hit that subscribe button. Leave a comment of what your favorite topwater walking bait is. Rod Reel Combo. We'd love to hear it. And then if you're on MP3, Spotify, or Apple, make sure you drop us a review. We appreciate everyone tuning in. As always, we will see you next Saturday with our next show, which we'll be talking about finesse swim baits. And for now, everyone, have a good day.